When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another new episode of the Get Organized with Declutter Me podcast with myself, Shalina. This week, my guest is Kim Rain, who is an ADHD coach. She helps high achieving individuals with ADHD overcome their challenges and level up without burning out with a focus on physical and mental health, self-belief and confidence. Kim empowers her clients to manage their ADHD symptoms and improve their productivity. I've spoken about ADHD a few times on a few episodes, but wanted to get Kim's unique perspective on being diagnosed later in life and dealing with HRT, which is my current favorite topic, as you know, if you've been listening for a while, and also helping women who have been diagnosed with ADHD. So without further delay, welcome Kim to the Get Organized with the Colotomy podcast. Hello. How are you? Thank you for All having right. me. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. It's so cool to have you on there. Um, like, yeah, I've just been, I've been just like looking and, you know, reading your website and seeing what you do. And I was just like, because a lot of my clients are getting diagnosed right now with ADHD, right. who are women yeah. in their late 30s, 40s. And so I thought, I need to talk to you about yeah. this, about why. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because it's just like suddenly kind of blowing up, isn't it? This whole, you know, being diagnosed with ADHD. So before we get to that, how did you become a high performance ADHD coach? So um, I had the high performance bit. I've been I've been coaching. So I always say I've been coaching 17 years. Right. Okay. And the past two have been ADHD coaching um, officially for about the past 18 months. The um, as in like went and got the um, my certification, etc. But right. um, before that, probably unofficially for about five years, because I had women coming to me. And my journey started when one of my really high flying clients, who was global head of talent for a company you would all know, right? And um, she said to me, Kim, I think I've got ADHD. And I remember at the time thinking, right, okay. And I was a bit baffled because I was thinking. It just wasn't, she, this lady was nothing to me that said ADHD. Right. And it me off on a path of discovery and that, you know, led to eventually my own diagnosis, my daughter's diagnosis. But actually, then another client got diagnosed, again, director of a huge company. Um, and it just opened up this new world for me and this mm. new realisation. And what slowly started to happen was, I started to see clients who were struggling and it was becoming apparent to me. And so I helped several of my clients go on to get diagnosis. Right. And so now I say, you know, unofficially, I think I've been coaching ADHD for 17 years. Oh, wow. Because okay. I can look back now and see the clients where sometimes there was just like a, there was just something that just didn't, they would be good. It would work while we were while it was working. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, for no reason, they they would be back going. I need to come again. And and uh, yeah. So it's been quite an eye opener. So that then went to me thinking, okay, I'm going to go and really get my teeth into this. 
But then how did you realize and go and get a diagnosis for yourself? Because you you discovered quite late on, right? Yeah. So I was, so when all of this was happening, it was just, just before the pandemic. And then for me, I, it became, I, you know, I, everything went crazy. The pandemic hit, I became a grandmother, my daughter and her partner and my granddaughter were, you know, locked away and you couldn't see them. There was so much going on. And at the same time, I was like, right, I'm leveling up my business. I'd invested in it. And I just couldn't hold everything together. I was really struggling. But I thought I was doing so well. I thought I was doing so well. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know, looking back, I was burning out. I was really struggling with my focus. And it just became more and more apparent. And one day I said to my husband, "Um, listen to these symptoms, because I was thinking for our daughter. Yeah. And I I read out the symptoms and I think it was something like probably, you know, timekeeping, emotional um, dysregulation, um, you know, lack of focus, impulsivity, et cetera. I said, who does that sound like to you? And he went, you, Kim. Oh, wow. I said, That's you. And I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, so that just led me to self-diagnose and then eventually just thought I would get a proper diagnosis just right. to... Or an, not a proper, an official diagnosis, just to give me, you know, that answer. Because I think what happens is you go on a journey whereby you're like, hmm, am I, could I be, could I? And then you kind of settle into it. But for some people, getting that official diagnosis isn't everything. And then you can go along, though. I see women um, go along and what they do is they gaslight themselves. Yeah. yeah. Because they think, oh, well, it could be ADHD, but. I've not got ADHD. I'm just lazy. Yeah. I just need to get myself together. I just don't do enough. I'm just not as good as they are. And all of these things, mm. actually what you get when you get that piece of paper is validation. Yeah. And it really helps change the way you think about yourself. That Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm finding that a lot with clients when they've been diagnosed that it is, it, it's it's like, Ah, this explains a lot. And now I know what to do with it. Um, so in one of your blog posts, you mentioned that everyone doesn't suddenly have it. And that's what I, you know, what I said before that like suddenly now everybody's getting diagnosed yeah. with it. But, you know, and but what did you mean by that? You know, that, you know, everybody is suddenly getting diagnosed. There was when I first sort of so for me, my journey as well was then I was coaching these women, but then I knew I had ADHD. But at the same time, I had like an audience who were I was working with for menopause, overwhelm, burnout, etc. All AD, you know, signs of possible signs of ADHD. Um, in the when they're in the extreme, and but I wasn't quite ready to sort of come myself. Right. And then as I talked about it and it became apparent that suddenly everybody had ADHD and people were saying to me, yeah, suddenly everybody's got ADHD. And actually, you know, I was speaking to women who were going to the doctors and saying, you know, I think, and they were going, well, yeah, because it's really trendy now. Yeah. And, you know, really dismissive stuff or, you've, not, you know, what makes you think you've got ADHD? You know, you've got, you're very successful. You've managed to do this and that. And all of these things. And actually, the reality is, you know, we've always had ADHD. Yeah. ADHD is something that you're born with. Um, now, there's lots of factors. It's on a spectrum that can 
change how that shows up for you, mm-hmm. you know, your upbringing. There's so many things in your family environment, so many things, but you are born with it. Right. It it doesn't happen. It unless you have some sort of brain trauma, um, it tends not to happen later in life. But what happens is as we have grown up, that us this sort of generation is, you know, there was just not the awareness of it. For many of the women I worked, they were the quiet little girls at the at the back of the room. Mm. They were high achievers. They were the perfectionists because for them, their hyperactivity was was cognitive. It was all inside of them. Mm. And um, I I wasn't that sort of little girl. I was more of your bulk standard. I was a bit of a pain in the bum, and I found school very challenging in terms that- of sitting and paying attention. And if it was in a you know, we get this great hyper focus. If it's an interesting lesson, I was fixated. And if I had a good engaging teacher that, you know, I was top of the class. I remember getting top of the class in physics and no one could believe A, it was me and B, that it was a girl because this is back in, you know, 80s. And, but it was just, I had this amazing teacher. And then, you know, I got put into top science and suddenly I just am falling apart because, I didn't have an interesting teacher. I wasn't interested in the subject, you know, so when we're not interested. So, but what we do is we mask for a long time. So what has now happened is we've been living with all these things and now neuroscience has evolved and now we can, we know so much more and we've learned so much about ADHD in the last 20 years. That's really, but until 1990, ADHD wasn't believed to be, something that you had in adulthood and it wasn't believed to be something that girls really got it was very rare in girls yeah yeah well that was thing yeah so, at school it was always yeah. and I went to a girls school and it was like no only yeah. boys get it you girls don't have it yeah yeah no it, it just wasn't it was naughty boys in schools misbehaving and and yeah. that was and that was my opinion too until I learned differently you know? yeah so you know the science is coming along in leaps and bounds and continues to come. And I think, you know, it's it's growing really quickly. And so more people are resonating with what the symptoms they have are ADHD. So it's not that everyone suddenly has ADHD. We've always had it. We've just been coping. Yeah, and not like getting it Or outside, <laughs> on yeah. the outside. And so, yeah. but women with ADHD, like they face different challenges, you know, like time management and organization and multitasking, you know, you talked about time management. So what advice do you have for the women when they're struggling with these sort of issues? So what I would say is those, what you've just talked about, those, those are like your, our executive functions. So, and it's also, you've got long term and short term, you've got working memory in there, not long term and short term memory. I said that wrong. That was, that's incorrect. It's working memory. So it's like your mind's eye, um, your conversation in your head, those sorts of things. Um, problems with motivation and it's all organization and our executive functioning is like um the ceo of the brain you know or the air traffic controller and it when adhd the signals are clunky or slow or all sorts of stuff so those are things that tend to be um we can do by you know self-care so there's a lot of um research into things like um the prefrontal cortex which is where it's like the executive functionings mostly housed right so you know things like mindfulness things like exercise things like prioritizing sleep but also using um 
you know, using day-to-day um, strategies such as timers, brown noise. Um, what else am I trying to think of? See, working memory when you're trying <laughs> <All right. to> talk- <laughs> that's, that's a moment. Sorry, ladies. That's that is an ADHD mixed with a menopause moment. Right. But you know, there are lots of strategies you can have. But what I was going to say actually was that actually the challenges that women have in ADHD compared to men, those are generic kind of ADHD challenges. The challenges women have that are, that make ADHD different to men, they tend to have more emotional challenges. Right. They tend okay. to be more, have more cognitive hyperactivity. Um, you know, women's brains are different to men's and we are, we have, you know, mm. bigger emotional centres, communication, all of these things. And so actually, plus we have our hormones. Yeah. And they have a huge effect on our ADHD symptoms. So ADHD, I think for women is very multifaceted. There's a lot go- that goes on um, right. that I won't say doesn't show up in men, but is less common in men. And so before we can continue, what is brown noise? You just mentioned that. I was like, no, sorry. Yes. Yeah. So brown noise is um, basically you've got different levels of noise. So you've got brown noise, white noise. I think you've got blue noise and brown noise. There has been not a lot of research into it, right? but anecdotally ADHDers find it therapeutic. And it sounds like... Um, it sounds like you're sitting next to a waterfall, basically. Oh. And I've used it. And, I've used it. and you can go on um, YouTube and Google it. And actually, when I wrote my book, I used it a lot. And it um, sometimes I'd find myself thinking, what is that noise? And then I'd come back to it. And then I would just continue again. And I did find it helped me focus a lot, a lot more. So it's anecdotally, it's said to be. Oh, Very wow. Exciting. Learn something yeah. new. Like, there I may never... well be research out there. I just haven't got it to hand. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've never That's heard fine. of it. Yeah. No. And if you Google or YouTube, you know, one hour of brown noise. And if you do the hour as well, it's quite good because you know when you've got to the end of the hour because one thing we do struggle with is the time management yeah. as well. So, you know, like with using timers and things, you can give yourself um, – like you, you start to understand how long things are going to take much right. more. So, you know, I, I run a program and in it, we've just done time management this week and it's about, okay, let's just think about time management. Let's think about how we view time and how we work time. And actually what we tend to do is work forwards. But if you work backwards, like I need to be there at 12. So actually I need to be, you know, leaving the house at quarter to 12. Right. And therefore, I need to be put. And you break down the steps and you go backwards and backwards rather than thinking, I need to be there at 12 and leaving at three minutes to 12, thinking that the traffic's going to be great and da, 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 which is what can happen. Oh, that's so weird because I do that. I, I actually work. I've always been like that. That's weird yeah. because that's how I plan like leaving the house and getting, say, to a client. I will wake yeah. up two hours before and I know at this time that I have to leave the house. So it's all. Yeah. Is planned, but yeah, I've, I've, I think that's with things like ADHD. For some people, you're doing things that are just so natural to you. I mean, yeah. that's how you do it. That's how you. That's how you're on time. But for me, I never knew that until a couple of years ago. Until I started, you know, yeah. looking into functional. I was like, oh my! And it's just been a game changer for me. Yeah. But 
when that's the some of the things with ADHD is our brains work differently and yeah. and things that people just assume are so obvious just aren't to us. But it's when weird. You get that, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, but it's weird because I've never thought of it as a thing that you have to learn. I've just always been like that. And it is because our brains work differently. And I always say that to clients that all our, my, I'm, my brain works in a way that's why I'm so organized and I can see yeah. beyond the clutter. And it's the saying that your brain works differently. Um, so yeah. yeah, no, this is fascinating that something I think is just, yeah, that's normal is. But that normal. I think is a brilliant example of the difference, sort of differences that there are. Yeah. And then I think that because the things that come so easily to you can be such a struggle to us and just because maybe they're not obvious or we need reminding or something. But actually what happens with ADHD is as well, we, um, and I don't, not just women, but particularly women, is that all the time they're not celebrating the amazing things that we can do that yeah. people would just come in and go, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing so and so and so. And people used to go, oh, you're not going to do that. And my mum used to go, oh, my gosh, she will. I know she will. Because my brain just thought differently, but actually yeah. I couldn't get somewhere on time. It was, and so you start to think that you're not, you know, that starts to affect your self-confidence because you can't do the simple things. Mm. And so the big, the amazing things you can do get, you know, we yeah. don't pay so much attention to those. So a lot of women struggle with stagnant and leftover beliefs and stories that they've created over years and years of living with undiagnosed ADHD. So how do they get over that then? Those like feeling that self-esteem and feeling of inadequacy because I mean if they're only getting diagnosed in their late 30s or in their 40s then that's 20-30 years of feeling stories and belief and things that you you know and so like I can remember one of my clients who um, who wasn't who was self diagnosed, and she came into my membership. And um, she came on a program. She came into the membership, and then she said, "Right, I'm ready to go and get a diagnosis now." And when she got it, she said, "I didn't realize how small I've played because of my ADHD. Because the fear of failure right. is so can be so overwhelming." So I think that. How you get over that, I think, is the first of all is the validation is, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it is through, you know, official diagnosis or just your self-validation is that understanding that, hang on a minute, my brain doesn't work like your brain. Mm. Yeah. So therefore, what, you know, and and what happens is things start to make sense. And I remember my husband saying to me once I was diagnosed um officially um because I'd spoken to him about it for a long time before that because it was becoming everything in my world it was becoming me my daughter my work my clients it was just and my husband it took him a long while to get on board with ADHD and what it is and how it affects us and that because he just couldn't get his head around it and um as he did you know I and then I got my diagnosis I remember telling him a story one day and going, oh, my God, that was ADHD. And he went, Kim, everything isn't ADHD. And I said, but it is. I said, because I was telling a story from my childhood. I yeah. said, but it is. It is to me because now every memory I'm having, I'm seeing it from a completely different light. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh. And some of it's happy, some of it's sad, some of it's, you know, there is a grieving process that a lot of women go through when they when they realize that right. they have ADHD. Um, not every woman goes through it. But um, and so that's the first part of it, I think. And then it is just really doing the work on yourself, you know, working with a, a if you need to, you know, maybe you need some therapy, maybe you need a coach, maybe, you know, it's having a community, having places that you can be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it is doing the work that undoing those stories and beliefs and start to, you know, get good at managing your mind. But first of all, is understanding how your mind works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Everyone's mind works. You know, it's not that I'm, that we still have the same things, but we tend to have them more intensely. So yeah. we have, you know, everyone has negative thoughts because ADHDers have hyperactivity. The cognitive hyperactivity can mean they have so many thoughts that they're bombarded yeah. with negative thoughts, you know. So, so it's sort of bringing it all into, like narrowing it down and sort of slowing it down and getting rid of yeah. some of the fluff, right? It's trying yeah. to manage and, that. And I think it's sort of like, so... You know, when I do my program, people say, what, you know, how much do I have to do? And it's, you know, it's a call, but I say, I say it's a call a week or whatever. There's not, but I said, the work is the thinking because what will start to come is little light bulbs. And as you lean into that and you go through that process, that clears the way for a new understanding. And then you've got a, a, a firm foundation to go on the part of healing the stories and the beliefs and the mm. thing and getting that self-belief back in you to yourself but do even like these women who are high flyers you know they're the ceos the cfos the the, the c-suite women you know you see a lot of them who have the symptoms or have been diagnosed do they still have that kind of you know these negative self-beliefs as well or is this do they deal with it in a different way like you know because they're high flyers they're the top they're the top people aren't they yeah yeah. Well, I can't speak for everybody, but yes. <laughs> yes, they do, you know. Right. And very often, I'm just trying to think of, you know, my clients. I know clients who manage their ADHD extremely well. Right. And I would say, you know, for myself, I haven't really had a lot of those negative thoughts in my life. I've always had quite a positive outlook. And I, I luckily for me, my type of ADHD doesn't present generally as anxiety until right. I got to my perimenopause, which we'll right. talk about that. Yes. I changed the game. And that's why so many women are getting to that stage where suddenly you can't keep the mask on anymore. You can't keep it all right. held in. Um, what was the question before that? Until I got to the point of my... It was, what about the high-flying women who... Sorry, yes, so what the... about the high-flying women? Yeah, so... You know, so not everyone with ADHD presents the same. Right, so that's yeah. one thing to say, you know, not every woman with ADHD has got crippling anxiety. Not every woman with ADHD um, is just completely overwhelmed and burnt out all the time. But most of us do um, associate with that. Right. Okay. And over- overthinking, imposter syndrome, perfectionism um, and burnout. And, right. you know, these... These are the women that maybe, like, certainly the burnout side of things, you know, there's a a lot of way it presents. So I don't think, you know, everybody has that. But I think that that drive, you know, just because you have that position and you've got to that place, 
you yeah. have to remember very often with ADHD, the internal hyperactivity we feel gives you the feeling of it's never enough. So you're driven right. and you go and you go and you go. And that's very often how they've got to these places because yeah. they're dynamic, yeah, they're thinkers and they're driven. Yeah, yeah. Um, But that can be exhausting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Especially if, if they're not the doing this. Yeah, they're not doing yeah. the self-care on themselves, right? Exactly, exactly. And and then those that do, you know, it is manageable. Yeah, I, I like I say, I work with some phenomenal women who have right. built unbelievable businesses. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, you can see as well, and I've seen it with clients who have uh, got, sorry, sorry, my cat is just here, um, who have got ADHD but are C-suite or, you know, own businesses and are top women and it's because of that because they are on that spectrum and they know you know they have got these amazing skills that's made them get to this position so you know but yeah if they don't know how to process everything yes yeah a hundred percent and that's the thing and so for for anybody I think the realization is very often the light bulb that they've been looking for you know but the other thing is a lot of clients will say to me, I always knew something wasn't right. Yeah. And I used to be my thing. Would you see, I used to be like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Now, I wasn't saying that about me as a person. I was saying about me because I would burn out all the time. My energy would always be low. Right. I would never. And also I would. Yeah, I would. I'd burn out a lot and I never quite was achieving what I really knew I could. I mm-hmm. knew I could do so much more. And um. And I used to think, okay, and I went through everything. Have I got a gluten intolerance? Is it um, a thyroid issue? Is it a this? Is it a that? B12. And, and, you know, I did, I did have deficient B12, but the other things I don't do great on gluten, but I wasn't, that wasn't the cause. Right. And for a lot of women go through that where they know something's not quite right. And so actually when you realize what it is, it's, it's, a eureka moment and like I said it can also come with a lot of grief and a lot of anger and a lot of upset but ultimately for our generation for my generation anyway you know we can't be angry because it the information just wasn't there yeah it wasn't yeah it wasn't there people didn't know people didn't realize and they didn't accept it and it was just sort of like you just get on with it like yeah, this is how it is. This is how life is. Just yeah. What are you complaining and about? I think, exactly. And I do think as well. I do think as well. Um, life was simpler then in terms of we had um, work life boundaries were pretty set. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you stayed at the office late, you you didn't. You weren't working. You finished at five and you came home and you. You know, and you know the TV went off at eleven o'clock and there was yeah. only three channels and. You know, there was, and, you know, you might see someone's holiday pictures, but you're not seeing what an amazing life they're having 24-7. And so all of these things, I think, our world in general has become, and the human race has become um, very, and people say, well, everyone's a bit ADHD, aren't they? And it's no, people aren't a bit ADHD, but everyone does have ADHD traits. And I think the human race are leaning more into those traits more and more as life speeds up. Yeah, for it, all it, of us. yeah, it's too much sometimes, and 
I mean, even for me, it gets, I get anxious and get overwhelmed because especially with social media and then dealing with emails, yeah. and dealing with this and dealing with, it gets too much even for someone who's organized yeah. like me. So totally. So many that. different roles. We have to play so many different roles. We do. Yeah. And, and I think for women, especially when you get to a certain age and we're going to talk about this, like, you know, you, if you're dealing with ADHD and then you've got perimenopause and you've got to run a household and you've got to work and you've got kids. You know, mm. how, how are you supposed to do everything? It's, um, yeah. you know, so like, you know, what do you do with these women who are then going to through perimenopause, which they most probably have never heard of before? Yeah. So, um, so I think that um, I know for myself and I know th- the first thing is there is not a lot of research out there about ADHD and, horm- and female hormones. Oh, really? Because okay. there's not even that much research about out there about female hormones, really, compared to. So, um, and it's because it's so difficult to say. So, a lot of ADHD studies have been done on prepubescent boys in the past. It is changing now, but yeah. um, so, but what we do know is, you know, it's not just perimenopause. It's time of the month. It's puberty, and it's after having. Um, it's after childbirth. Right. Those are the times when actually women with ADHD may find that they suffer from quite extreme PMS or um, postnatal depression has been higher, um, proven to be higher. Oh, wow. Um, okay. PMDD, which is like a really extreme form of um, uh, premenstrual um, tension. You know, r- women who are really struggling, actually, it can be that the hormones. So, so if we think of um, estrogen, estrogen is a cognitive hormone. You know, it right. supports our brain function. If you look at the brain, there are estrogen receptors all over our brains. And so we're already struggling because now at this time of life, uh, you know, our estrogen levels are declining. That's putting everything else into flux, maybe our testosterone, mm. um, progesterone, everything's going a bit crazy. And it, you know, for in perimenopause, it is going crazy. You know, mm. you don't test really for perimenopause unless there's extreme symptoms until you're through it because one day you could show in menopause and another day you're not and it because there's the fluctuations. So it's a really, really challenging time for women who are relying on that estrogen to get them to help them mask their ADHD. Right. And what can happen is exactly that, you know, very often there's you know, there's a huge amount of masking goes on with women with ADHD. A right. huge okay. amount of masking. The hiding, the shame that get the shame, there's there's guilt, there's frustration at themselves, and all of these things are held behind, you know, a, a mask. And right. again, is it every woman with ADHD? No. I wouldn't say I'm masked an awful lot, but I do. I did mask more than I do now. Right. Um, and that's exhausting. So all of these things you're holding together. And then as things start to change with your body, it can become that it's almost impossible to hold things together now. You know, so you, and yeah. it really starts to crack. So, I mean, I'm on HRT now um, and it's yeah. best thing ever. So do you recommend that when you've got ADHD? Um... Yeah, 100%. So before I was doing the ADHD, I've, I've always, um, you know, worked with menopause and that. And actually the, the H- HRT 
has still got such a bad rap because yeah. of study that was done and then one bit of negative research got out and actually they carried on that study and it was shown to be very very beneficial mm. um and i am a huge fan of hrt and right. i really recommend you know women go on it like 46 years old or certainly at the you know when they're perimenopausal symptoms are really starting to kick in um and you can even go you know there's research says that you can go on it before you know, I would see what the current research is because my research on HRT probably is about a couple of years out of date in terms of that timing. But right. what I would say is, you know, very often, like, so in the UK, women are realising they've got ADHD. There are huge, huge waiting lists for um, diagnosis in the NHS system. Right. Um, private diagnosis is expensive. And then if you're having medication... Um, you need to factor in private prescriptions. And actually, for me, the thing that I found that made the biggest or or that was the real turning point was HRT. Right. Okay. You know, I, I went on that. I knew I had ADHD and I've been I'm in and on about HRT for so long because I'd my work was around, you know, managing your menopause and right. doing the holistic stuff. And I was thinking, you know, I didn't want to admit it wasn't enough, I guess. Right. And going on HRT just helped just get things back into a bit of balance as well. Right. Okay. So I think it's really beneficial. I really do. And I think that, you know, for, for girls or women who are struggling with menstruation or, or problems there, it's, you know, it's worth getting some some help around that because at that time of the month even if you are on adhd medication you may find that your um your child or yourself it doesn't work right oh okay because it just you know i know my adhd days i know my cycle from you know i'll suddenly think oh and then i'll look at my you know and i think oh yeah no that's why wow yeah estrogen's a powerful yeah powerful hormone yeah no, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean I've only been doing it for two months now and I've realized how much and I, I haven't got testosterone yet and I, I need that that's I, I am permanently yeah tired. um and yeah I can but I you know I want to know about like you know like women with ADHD who have anxiety or depression and they have um like mental health conditions and they're on the medication because some of the medication's really strong isn't it yeah like, you know mm-hmm. Dealing with that and then dealing with HRT as well, is it not, doesn't it make it them more anxious or more depressed? Like how? how? So I think the, um, and this goes for HRT as well, you know, everybody's different. So yeah. I've had clients who've gone on HRT, it's, it's not helped. It's actually made them feel worse and they've come off it and felt better for coming off it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, not many, what I will say is not very many. Right. But I have had that. And it's the same with ADHD medication. You know, I spent my my whole um, background was in, you know, health and well-being, nutrition, hormones, um, mindset. It was all very thing. And I was, you know, I would be, have been, oh, no, don't take the medication. Right. But working with these women and this this one lady who was a client of mine and I'd worked with her for years. And then seeing, and so I really was with her on the whole journey from her getting herself, her becoming aware, getting diagnosed and trying medication and right. the other side of 
that and helping her then go off and achieve. She's actually become an ADHD coach. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> phenomenal at it. And she's smashing it. Um, but seeing that transformation in her and the difference the medication made for her changed everything for me. Right. Okay. It really, it really opened my eyes to actually, because what medication does is it doesn't give anybody a, um, you're not getting a bonus. It right. will level the playing field and, and you still need to do all the things right. that you have to do when you're not medicated. You know, it, life, you still have ADHD. It doesn't take ADHD away. Right. Um, but it just gives you that time. It allows you to pause more. It allows you to go, okay, and think things through. And uh... But... Then I've also had clients who have gone on medication and it's not worked. Yeah. You know, I had one client who I said to her one day and, uh, you know, I wrote about this in the book. She's She was 61, 62 at the time. And I've been working with her a while. And in fact, over the years, and I said to her one day, I said, do you think you could possibly have ADHD? Hmm. And she said, no, no way. She said, my psychiatrist would have got that by now and she'd been working with a psychiatrist about five years right okay. um, and and this is not you know like we all have our focuses and for whatever reason but so I said okay but she was ang- um, diagnosed general anxiety disorder um bipolar was the thing that they were were going for anyway she said oh no anyway she came back to me a week later and just texted me and said he's sending me for a referral and six weeks later she said Kim I've got ADHD Oh, wow. And, yeah. And she then, I would love to say, she then was able to switch her medication and get the medication. She actually, because she was so medicated and had been medicated for stuff that wasn't really probably helping, yeah. there was a journey to getting that right. Yeah. And to, I haven't spoken to her for a couple of months, but she she was getting there. But, you know, it's it's a very individual thing with the mm. with the medication, um, but to have the two together, I don't I don't see why it should be a problem. You know, medically, it's it's I don't know. That's up to your doctor and your psychiatrist. Right. But you know, really and truly, actually, why not have the balance? Why not have you know a peaceful mind? Yeah, yeah. it's. You know, I, I have clients that say to me, I cried my eyes out. It's the first day in my whole life where I've had peace in my head. Mm. That's amazing. And it changes everything. Yeah. You think if you've got a herd of elephants running through your head all the time, you're not going to be able to think very clearly. Yeah. But it's a worry because I know I've heard it before as well that clients and, and friends have been diagnosed with being bipolar when then it's eventually to come out that it's ADHD. So... Um, yeah but yeah the testing I think that's the other thing there's been a lot of misdiagnosis yeah Um, and again that's just the neuroscience catching up and people understanding and then like you know my client psychiatrist maybe you know then that information has to roll out through the the medical system and it it takes I mean I I remember once being told it takes something like 12 years for that to actually get to the point where it's don't quote me on that but it is a it is it, it's definitely eight to twelve years before it's getting used by your frontline doctor yeah. people because yeah whereas 
if someone in my position, I'm a coach, I can read what I want, I can start implementing. So it's slightly different, but yeah. I, I can believe that. that. Yeah. I mean, like, so bipolar was a craze. Everybody was bipolar 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Now everybody's got ADHD. So it's the same yeah. thing. It's people, are, yeah. doctors are catching up. The The media yeah. is catching up now. So I think, yeah, it's yeah. right what you're saying. It takes time for it to all roll out, yeah. you know, and that's your area of expertise. And then you're, you know, that's what you study. Yeah. Um, so It's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating. All right. Finally, I am a big movie buff. <laughs> you know and uh so i love to find out what people's my my guests favorite movie is or what you're watching right now that you've loved so, uh, to recommend to the listeners okay so um i'm not much of a movie buff and yeah. i never knew why until recently because now i know that the thought of sitting and watching a film for an hour and a half is to, to sit still for an hour and a half was just like no now i know of course i've got ADHD. yeah that makes sense now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but the film that I would always sit and watch, no matter what, and this isn't really my sort of style, would be a film called About a Boy. Oh, yeah, right. Right. yeah, with uh, Nicholas Holt. I mean, it's like a rom-com, but yeah. I don't know what it is. There's just something about that film that I absolutely love. Um, but there is um, there is a TV series that was on Channel 4 called um, Gone Boy, and it was phenomenal. And I oh, really? recommend people a lot. And they're like little 20-minute episodes and there's six of them yeah okay i'll have to check that out yeah i haven't heard that one yeah yeah oh i would highly recommend that oh wow (laughs) but yeah i didn't even think of that like you can't sit still like if you have ADHD. yes i mean i can't yeah say like can we watch a film mum like on a sunday afternoon and they would want to watch harry i've never seen a harry potter film in my you know i've seen bits of it because i just couldn't sit there and you know, yeah. It, I would, yeah. Going to what, the cinema, I can do that. I can bear it unless, yeah. Yeah, no, because that's, yeah, that's my happy place. I can go hide mm. and get away from everybody and be left alone and not be mm. on my phone for three hours. But yeah, you can yeah. never watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, oh my goodness, no. I mean, I do because what then happens is I start watching it and then if hyperfocus kicks in, I'll watch Lord of the Rings. I'll tell you everything and everything about every one of the characters because I'll be receptive. Wow. I'll go, search it but yeah I it's um yeah I do like the cinema but it's got to be something I'm interested in otherwise I'm like oh my god I'm sat in the dark with nothing <laughs> to do for an hour and a half like this is yeah no you can never watch like some arty fancy dancy kind of uh, movie right you'll be like but what we can watch is we can binge watch you like five episodes of something on Netflix for five hours oh my god really? yeah yeah <laughs> But if you, I don't know, not everyone might be like that, but yeah. I have my moments, you know, when it comes up on uh, like on the weekend, there's something has come up and you're like, okay, but I, everybody's been watching Love is Blind and I'm like, I can't, I can't watch any more of those. Them sitting there. Um, oh yeah, no, it's, it's no. terrible. I've just, I've just started Succession. Right. Oh yeah. Um, which is the one that everybody's going crazy about. So um, yeah. I'm just getting into it. I tried and I couldn't get into it, but The Last of Us was very good. I, I tell that to everyone. Oh but, really? Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. That was really. Uh, each I'm on episode, episode three of Succession, and it's not gripping me at the moment. Yeah, I've got it didn't grip me. I gave right. up. I'm I don't not, understand. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. If you do, let me know if you get through. So, Kim, how can people get in touch with you? 
Um, so you can contact me at kimraincoaching.com okay. or I'm on Instagram at the um, Entrepreneurs ADHD Coach or actually I've got a Facebook group called ADHD Brains in Business and that's kind of where um tend to hang out over there really. Awesome. And we're going to put all of the details in the show notes as well so people can click on it. Yeah. And, and, and you can read the book Square Pegs as well, my book Square Pegs. Which we can see in the that. background as well. That's very good. I should do that. Oh, with look my... at that. Yeah, yeah, look at that. That's good. <laughs> I like that. That's clever. I should do that with my book. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on and talking and just, this has been awesome just chatting away and like, yeah, my mind has been blown. I've learned things and also what brown noise is because I didn't realize that was what it's called. Yeah. Wow, and that not everybody um, calculates time backwards. I know. Like, yeah, I am. Uh, I, yeah, I'm with. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. And thanks for listening, as always, to the Get Organized with Declutter Me podcast. If you'd like to get more tips, you can follow me at Declutter Me. And thank you for listening, as always. And if you like, press like, share it with everybody. That would be awesome. Thanks again, Kim, for being on the show. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.